Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. How are we doing? Why don't you stand today? Today you get me again. Hope that's okay. (laughs) We're going to read. Embrace yourselves, you guys. We're going to read a very long passage of Scripture. And so this will be enough scripture for you for the week. Just kidding. Um, Why don't we read together 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I know it's long, but brace yourselves. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I was joking. You can laugh. It's not that long. Okay. (laughs) Come on, let's read it together. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, say it again. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we commit this time to you. We thank you already for what you've been doing. We thank you, God, for your presence that is in this place, and it is in your presence that there is fullness of joy. And so I pray, God, that you would help me, Lord, speak your word, Father, today to your people. Help me help your people, Lord. I pray more than anything that your people will leave this place stirred by you and that their faith would be awakened, Lord, that a fresh faith, a fresh fire would stir, God, in the hearts, souls, and minds of your sons and daughters. Lord, do what only you can do in this place. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, take a seat. Take a seat. So last week, if you were here, it was Father's Day, and uh, my husband preached an incredible message called A Father's Charge. And he encouraged all the fathers in this house and even spiritual fathers or just men to run the race well, but pass the baton on well. And he talked about the four different faces of God. You have the lion that represents courage and bravery. You have the man that represents love and wisdom. You have the ox that represents service and diligence and working hard and serving people and serving one another. And you have the eagle. And the eagle speaks of vision. It speaks of honor. It speaks of living from heaven's perspective. And to be honest with you, I got stuck on the eagle a little bit. Living with heaven's vision, living from heaven's perspective, because I've been thinking a lot about faith recently. And so if you're taking notes, you can write the title of the message, which is relabel what you see. Come on, can you say that with me? Relabel what you see. You see, a few months ago, someone very close to my world, to, my, to me and my husband and our family, we were sitting in a meeting, me, him, and my husband, and we were just talking about some stuff. And, and to be honest with you, I was sharing my, my version of what I thought was the impossible. I was sharing, oh, I think that's going to be a little bit too challenging, a little bit too hard. And, and I was just sharing the reality, right? And, and this person who is like family to us and has that voice in our world that can say certain things, looks at me and says, Miriam, I miss your faith. He didn't say I miss your face. I wish he said that. (laughs) But he said, I miss your faith. Oh, that bothered me. 
You know why that bothered me? Because my whole life, even as a child, I've always considered myself someone of great faith, someone who would speak life, someone who would see an obstacle and say, oh, that's nothing for my God. You see, my whole life, throughout my whole pastoral ministry, which, by the way, this month celebrates 15 years that we've been a church plant. 15 years. Holy cow. Anyway, it's another story for another time. We have made it, Lord. <laughs> but I miss your faith. It rocked me because that's not who I've ever been. And it discouraged me, but it awoken me in the same sentence. And I had to pause after that conversation. I have no idea how the rest of the meeting went. It was like, because I was just like, the person misses my faith. Where have I been stuck in my faith? It was almost like this moment of like, Miriam, where have you been? And here's the truth. Even throughout the last year, I've still been growing in the Lord. I've still been serving the Lord. I've been obeying the Lord, growing in different things. But you can be growing in certain things, but be stuck in other things in your faith. And I was stuck and I didn't realize that I got myself in this place. And here's the thing. Here's very important. No one will make you stuck. You're the only person that can get you stuck and you're the only person who'll get you unstuck. Don't blame other people for the place that you are in life. You can rise above because Christ in you, the hope of glory is in you, okay? And so I had to make a very close observation. The reality of the world did not make me stuck. The reality of the hard things going on in front of me did not make me stuck. My vision caused me to stay stuck. For the past year, there were challenges that I had to navigate that really threw me off guard. What I was confident in suddenly got rocked. Relationships that I thought were going to be solid and golden and easy got rocked. The world lost its freaking mind. The body of Christ was up in arms. Social media has made everyone go crazy on each other. And as a leader, I was watching all of this and like, this is too hard. I kept saying, this is too hard to lead standing for truth in such a time as this. It's too hard to raise your kids in such a time as this. I kept saying, it's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. I kept seeing the storm. I kept seeing the challenges, even the good things. Like we celebrate on Monday mornings, we have our staff meeting and it's a time to celebrate what God is doing in the house of God. And, and we go around the table and during COVID like, oh my gosh, all three services are full. We need to start a fourth. And everyone's like, yay. I'm like, oh, that's hard. And oh my gosh, Pastor Mary, we need a new venue for Resilient Woman the weekend. We're going to go to the Performing Arts Theater. It's 1,300 people. I'm like, 1,300 women, all that drama, oh my Lord, that's too hard. Like somebody else, I'm passing the baton, you know, amen. I kept seeing the challenges and because that was all I could see, it became all I could say. I kept thinking about what I was seeing and eventually what I kept seeing became what I kept saying. I kept seeing the hard, the obstacles, the storms. I kept seeing maybe the doctor reports. I kept seeing maybe the, the media reports. I kept seeing all the different things. And here's the truth. We cannot deny it. We cannot be a people who live in denial. But here's what I forgot. 
I forgot I was called to be an eagle. And the eagle is the only bird that when a storm comes, it rises above the storm clouds to get away from the fog, to get away from the storm. I forgot I was called to be an eagle. And I don't know about you, maybe some of you have forgotten you are called to be an eagle, to see from heaven's perspective, to see from heaven's vision. You can see the storm. Don't deny the storm, but fly above it. See it from a different height. See it from heaven's perspective. You see, the consistent confession with my mouth of how hard things were got me out of faith and into a fog. And it's hard to navigate well in foggy conditions. It is hard to see clearly in foggy conditions. When Anthony and I were dating, which 18 years this Tuesday, we've been married, by the way. Lots of celebrations this month. 18 years. He's such a blessed man. <laughs> Just gotta say. Just kidding. <laughs> I love you, babe. You see, when we were dating, I remember we were going on a trip with a bunch of our friends for the weekend. I don't even remember where we were going, but all of a sudden we were driving, tons of us. There was like six or seven of our cars going somewhere. I don't remember where. And all of a sudden we hit this part of the mountain where the fog came down really bad. And we actually couldn't see. And I remember one of my friends saying, Anthony, put the high beams on. And he put the high beams on, but it made it worse. So we had to turn it off. And so we were like, what do we do? Like we literally could not see. I'm not exaggerating. I've never seen fog like this we could not see five feet in front of us it was like like massive thick fog so a bunch of us had to pull over and then eventually as it started to clear we saw tons of accidents it is not safe to fly or drive in unsafe foggy conditions and so many of us are walking running this race in foggy conditions forgetting we are eagles forgetting we are called to see the mountain from the top not in front of us and here i want to encourage you with isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 but those who trust in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, you can put faith in there. Those who have faith in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like who? And they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Why does it make a reference to eagles here on this passage? Isn't it just about those who are tired in the Lord? If they have faith, they won't be tired. Exactly. But you have to be like an eagle and get those wings on and soar high. And remember, when you're tired, when you're discouraged, when things look too hard, when you're scared for your kids, when you're nervous because of the state of the world, you're not to look with normal, natural eyes. You're to see things in the natural, but call things in the supernatural. Get on your eagle wings. Get on your eagle eyes and see from heaven's perspective and once you do that what seems hard no longer is hard you get new strength a renewed strength about you what is faith faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see it is confidence and assurance it is confidence and assurance in what God said he would do. It is confidence and assurance in who God is. It is confidence and assurance in what he says. It's being able to put our weight on what we say we believe. Here's the thing. A lot of us say we believe in God, but we don't put his, our weight on his word. We, we believe he's going to provide, but we don't take the step necessary to see the miracle come through. 
We like to live in a safe zone instead of taking that step of faith that says, God, you said it, and so I want to see you do it. Faith is not confidence or assurance in me or in you, in my works, in my doing, in my knowledge. Although it is our responsibility, may we never be the kind of church that thinks, oh, it's all up to God and not up to me. No, no, no. Get a budget. If you want to be blessed financially, work hard and get a budget. And then God will do the rest. If you want to have health in your body, eat right. Exercise occasionally. Anthony would say exercise daily. I would say, you know, have a Twinkie once in a while. It's not bad for you. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> God is still working the transform thing on me, you know? <laughs> Twinkies are good in Jesus' name. Do they even still make Twinkies? I don't even know. They do? Okay. I'm more of a donut girl. Anyway, moving along. Faith is not confidence or assurance in me or in you. It is confidence and assurance in Jesus, in the finished work of the cross. It is in the promises of his word. It is Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. All of this, have faith in yourself. Well, I can only have faith in myself because Christ in me, the hope of glory. But faith in yourself, yeah, you can do things in the natural, but remember who has given you those gifts, who has given you those abilities. Every good and perfect gift from, comes from above. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, I promise we did not like look at each other's notes. Pastor Steve and I, we're, we're sharing the same scripture here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. What's slowing you down? Is it comparison? Is it insecurity? Is it laziness? Is it doubt? Is it lack of faith? What is slowing us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up? And let us run with endurance. In other words, let us run without giving up. Let us run even though we're tired. Let us run even though things may not always make sense. Even though we're tired, even though the world looks like it's lost its mind, it doesn't matter. We are to run with endurance the race God has set before us. And how do we do this? by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects. Here's the thing, you think you have to perfect your faith? No, you just gotta look at him and your faith increases. You just have to relabel what you see and as you relabel what you see, the faith within you, that mustard seed that has been planted in you starts to grow. It starts to grow. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility. Another, another version says, consider him who endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Consider him. Consider him when things look hard. Consider him when the storm's like it's getting worse. Consider him. Consider him. See him. Yes, when you are looking at the storm in front of you, when you are sitting in the middle of it, when your child just came home with some drugs in his pocket and you found it during laundry, maybe when you came home and your husband starts going off at you or the other way around and one of them walks out, consider it. When you are believing for a home, but real estate is crazy right now. I don't know what it is that you are seeing in front of you. Yes, it is hard, but when you relabel what you see, 
that changes everything. Because when you change what or who you see, you change what you say, and that's the game changer. Hear that again. When you relabel what you see, you have no option then to relabel what you say. And when you see and what you say aligns with God, that's the game changer. One of the leaders in our church, we, we actually are launching our Resilient Woman podcast really soon, which I'm really excited about it. And one of our leaders who was in that conversation, she said something and I couldn't, you know when you hear something, you can't hear anything after that, or you're just like, wow, that was good. She literally said, don't allow the things you see to inform your faith. What's informing your faith? Who is informing your faith? Are your experiences, are you dropping your theology based on your experiences? Are you bringing the Godhead down to your experience? Like, well, he didn't answer that. He must not be good. No, 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 no. We bring our circumstances up to God. We take our circumstances, say, okay, God, I may not understand why, but now what? What do you want me to do with this now? How do I move forward from this now? We're asking the wrong question. See, when we see Jesus in the room, everything shifts. When we see Jesus in the storm, everything shifts. See Jesus in the room bringing to life that which is dead. See Jesus in the room when you feel weak or discouraged. See Jesus in the room when all hell is breaking loose around you. See Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Again, he is the author and the perfecter of your faith. You see, relabeling what you see is not denying reality. It's not living in denial. It's not wishful thinking. It's seeing the obstacle. It's seeing what's hard. It's feeling the feelings. It's maybe looking at your job right now and because of the climate that we're living in, maybe it feels hard to do your job the right way right now or it just feels hard to do your job standing on the truth you live on. And, and you can be going through all those things. It's, it's seeing the obstacles, seeing what's hard, feeling the feelings, but seeing Jesus there too. Seeing Jesus there too. When we can relabel what we see, we can relabel what we say. And why is this so important? Because Proverbs 18.21 tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we say matters. How we say it matters. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. There's a podcast that I've heard a few times, mostly because some of my friends send me links, right? Oh, like, check out this episode. What do you think about it? And recently, two of the leaders in our church sent me these podcasts. They're like, oh, what do you think about this one on Church Hurt? What do you think about this one on whatever? And it was excellent, like extremely solid episodes. And so this week, on Monday, I believe it was, I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to this podcast or I'm going to find another one because I really enjoyed, um, you know, listening to what I listened to. And, and so I went on and... I started listening to this one podcast, and funny enough, because I already was being stirred in my heart to preach on faith, it was on verses taken out of context. And she was in particular preaching on or speaking on Romans 4.17, which is a verse I quote often. It's a verse that says that God called the things that are not as though they are. It was a verse that talks about God calling things to life that are dead or making new things out of nothing. And she proceeded to say, you know, there's this like speak life culture, there's this like faith culture that a lot of churches have but that's not really biblical and and I'm like 
I'm like, wait a second. Our church is a speak life culture. What is this woman talking about? I was like losing it. I'm like, and it rattled me. And I was like, okay, before I lose my mind, let me like just calm down and talk to my husband about this. And because I knew, like, I knew where to go to calm me down. Because I don't know about you ladies, but sometimes you need someone to just take your, take it down a little bit, you know, take it down a little bit. So I said to Anthony, I was like, hey babe, this person who I, you know, generally like and has great content. Actually, this person has a great ministry towards a specific, um, you know, uh, a specific group of people. And so I, I really value her voice, but I really disagreed heavily with this, heavily, like insanely. And Anthony's like, babe, I can't do the Australian accent. Please forgive me. Um, but I'm going to try to do the deep thing just so you can get some perspective on how it went. He's like, babe, you know, well, Jesus himself said in Mark 11, 23, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea. And I was like, yeah, that's right. He did say that, you know? And, and, then, and, there's, and then Jesus himself said to us that we would be able to do greater things than he because we were here and we were being left the Holy Spirit. And then I called my friend and I said, friend, I want you to listen to this podcast and tell me what you think. And I already knew it was going to rile her up. She's like, well, how about when in the Bible, God told Ezekiel to speak to the dead bones, to speak to the dry bones and skin and flesh came on and an army rose up. I'm like, that's right, sister, speak it. Here's the thing. We are a speak life culture kind of church because there are times when I've had to speak into my own sickness and I've seen the hand of God. I've had to speak into my own finances and I've seen the hand of God. We've prayed for people with cancer and they've been healed. We have prayed and seen the move of God. If someone's going to come to me and say this, this or that, 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 I'm going to be like, hey, we're going to believe God. We're going to speak life into this situation. It is biblical. The Bible says, speak there is power for life or death in the power of the tongue oh you better believe we're gonna be a speak life culture we're gonna believe God for big things we're gonna believe God for mountains to move we're gonna believe God for healing we're gonna believe God for breakthrough we're gonna believe God for deliverances you cannot tell me my God is not able he is more than enough he is able and he is giving you and I through our mouth the ability to speak life into situations that look dead Oh, don't tell me not to have faith. Don't you dare tell me not to have faith. You need faith for someone? You call me, I'll have faith with you. Oh, that, that riled me up real good. Speak life culture. Heck yes. If we didn't have a speak life culture in this church, we wouldn't be where we are right now, debt free as a church in a new, but we've had two constructions of projects in this building real quick, paid off real fast. We would have still been in the Williams Center in that little pizza slice, hoping to God, please open a door somewhere. Gosh, let me tell you the miracles and the victory and the, the bigness that my husband, sometimes when Anthony gets the look in his eye, I'm like, oh no, he's going to believe big again. It's a little scary. He's like, we're going to believe for this. I'm like, oh, are you sure it's a little too big? He's like, we're going to believe for that. I say, like, let's go. <laughs> Wait, guys, you got to see the look that he has on his eyes. It's like he met the Lord and he's about to do war. And so I'm praying for a little bit of that look in my eye, but my faith is here. My faith faith is ready to go. I'm believing. I'm speaking life over resilient women of this house, powerful women of God who will rise up and speak up in love in Jesus name. What may seem like crazy prayers in one season will be counted as faith in the next.
Pastor Mary, you sound crazy. Yeah. Look at Noah. He looked crazy too when he was building an ark when there was no rain. Look at Moses. He looked crazy too when he went to Pharaoh saying, free my people, millions of them. Pharaoh's like, what? What you talking about, Willis? Anyone remember that show, Different Strokes? What you talking about, Willis? I know younger people are like, what is she talking about? It's all right. I'm 40. It's all good. Abraham looked crazy when he was carrying Isaac, the promise of God, to the altar. He looked crazy. Sarah's probably looking at him like, what you doing taking that son with that rope and that knife? He's like, well, the Lord told me to do some, but I believe the Lord's going to provide. He looked crazy. It all looks crazy. Our prayers look crazy until it happens. And then we look back and say, whoa, that was faith. If you don't look crazy with your prayers sometimes, maybe you're not believing big for God to do something. Your prayers of faith will seem crazy to you or anyone you tell until it happens. And then when it happens, we're like, whoa, God, because he gets the glory. Hebrews eleven six. it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. In other words, he delights in us when we trust him before we have the outcome we hope for. He delights when we relabel what we see in the natural because we believe the God of the supernatural. Hear that again. He delights when we relabel what we see in the natural because we believe the God of the supernatural. We might see the obstacle. Don't deny it's an obstacle, but now see from a different height. See from a different perspective. See from the height of an eagle. Invite Jesus in and focus on him and know he is able to do the impossible and he invites you with your faith to make it happen. The pressure is off of you, my friend. He's the one who does the work. We just bring our faith to the party. See, it's impossible to please God without faith because faith shows we trust our Father. It's how he designed us to live and walk. It is by faith that we are saved. It is by faith that we overcome. It is by faith that our family will be saved. It is by faith that he will do what he says he will do. It is by faith that you are more than just, right. I can't do it as good. You clearly know now that I'm not good at impressions, but I still try them anyway. It is by faith that the situation that you are in will turn around. Not because it is wishful thinking, but if the Lord has given you a word, it doesn't come from Miriam 22, 22. No, it comes from the word of God. If he has given you a word in your spirit while you've been praying or in worship, if you've been given a word from God to believe for something regarding your family or your health or your finances or whatever it is, your career, if he's given it to you, put your weight on it. Trust him. Trust him for it. It is by faith that God healed me miraculously from a tumor in my pituitary gland. My doctor said I probably would not have kids. She put me on medication. I was supposed to go on for six months on this medication. I was sick like a dog for three days. At that time, I was the only person on staff at church. Anthony still was working out. He was a tennis pro and I was just there. I led worship, kids, youth, discipleship, leadership, you named it. And I was like, oh, I can't be sick. I can't afford it. 
And I told the doctor, oh, you don't understand my job. She's like, I don't care about your job. You need to take this or you won't have kids and you'll be very sick. I was like, oh, it's not gonna be fun. After day three, I said to Anthony, I'm like, like I was like, I'm not a thrower upper. I'm not a vomiter, <laughs> but it was pretty bad. And it was like almost the equivalent of taking a pill for um, chemo. It wasn't chemo, but it was like equivalent to that. So it made you very sick, very ill. You couldn't get out of bed. And I was supposed to take that for six months. Can you imagine? And I was like, no, I threw it out. And I said, I'm gonna go to war on this. We hadn't told anybody. I didn't wanna tell my family. I didn't wanna make my parents nervous or anything like that, but I did call my mother-in-law. And I called her and I said, hey, Bev, we need to go to war. This is what's going on. And we started to pray by faith for healing. We started to curse that tumor. We started to tell that tumor to go to the pit of hell where it belonged. We started to declare health and wholeness, declared my womb would be fruitful. And I'll tell you what, I went to the doctor maybe a few weeks later because symptoms that I had not had for a while had come back and I was like, oh this is good news I haven't had all these things happening to me in the last couple of years so maybe something's good here and I went to the doctor and I'm like hey I want you to retest me I want you to do blood work I want you to do an MRI she's like your insurance won't cover it because we just did it and you need to do it in six months I'm like please because I'm telling you I'm healed as soon as I said the healed word she looked at me and laughed in my face she was like bah, ha, ha, ha. so of course naturally I laughed back I was like bah, ha, ha. test me <laughs> like you don't know me girl you know and she was like sweetheart that's not that's not that's not real I was like um yes it is test me like do my blood work and get my MRI I don't remember how I won but I won and so um, I did get my MRI I did get my blood work completely gone completely healed completely a year later Ben came into the world a few years later, Rachel came into the world. A few years later, hope came into the world. By faith, by faith, not of me, not of my doing, not of that doctor's doing clearly, but it was by faith. I have countless stories, countless stories of God's miracles in our world. One day I should sit here and tell you guys because it will stir your faith. If I can just tell you the victories, but I can also tell you of some of the losses. I could also tell you that there were times that he didn't answer the way I thought he was going to answer. And that shook me. And that did something. That disappointed my faith. And that made my faith feel winded. And I had to wrestle. And I had to shake off despair. And I had to shake off disappointment. And I had to tell myself, believe again. But what if you get disappointed again? Believe again. Hope again. Trust again. Okay, yes, maybe things didn't turn out. Like when my friend died last year, I was like, God, we prayed, we believed, but I can't stay there. I can't stay in that, well, what if I pray again and I get disappointed because there have been countless times we did pray and we did believe and God did deliver. We don't know all the answers and we don't know why certain things happen the way they do, but I do know if I don't reawaken my faith, if I don't hope again, if I don't believe again, we will not walk in all the victories and promises that he has given to us. I am a walking miracle and you are too. Hope again, trust again, believe again. Miriam, I miss your faith. Ouch. No one has ever told me that they missed my faith. Maybe because they didn't have the guts to, but anyway. Those words became a call to action. Miriam, get your faith back. 
Miriam get your declaration back Miriam get your confession back because someone needs my faith and someone needs your faith and maybe it's your son maybe it's your daughter maybe it's your wife maybe it's your husband maybe it is your parents and I begin to and I pray that we begin to see Jesus in every situation so we can speak life unapologetically maybe you were full of faith once but the outcome looked different and because the outcome looked different your faith got winded unable to see with eyes of faith unable to hope again maybe you're afraid of getting disappointed I'm not here to tell you you won't get disappointed I'm not here to tell you that you won't go through trials and tribulations but I am, I am here to tell you that it is time to believe again it is time to hope again it is time to have faith again it is time to not shrink back but to advance and have faith Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ that's why I say it's not wishful thinking it's not just oh here are my three things that I'm wishing for God genie in the bottle please come and deliver no 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 that's not what I'm talking about that's where people's theology gets wacky what is God telling you to believe for if God says by his stripes we are healed we can believe that you don't have to ask God God do you want to do something in my family's life no yes he does because the word already confirms that if there is someone that you're believing for their healing if there is someone you're believing for their salvation you don't have to ask God about that you just have to speak life about that I declare that healing I declare salvation I declare freedom I declare all the things of the promises of God it is by faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ some people in your world will never know about the faith of the heroes in the Bible until they see your faith. They need to see your faith first. I want people to know me by my love, but I also want them to know me by my faith. Relabel what you see so you can relabel what you say. If you could see Jesus in the boat during the storm, if you can see Jesus in the room when you are arguing with that child or your spouse, if you can see Jesus when the doctor's report comes in, then you can confidently and full of assurance say, peace be still if in the middle of that storm you can see Jesus you can confidently and with assurance say peace be still you can say God is my healer you can say God is my provider God is my defender God is my peace God is my good shepherd he is the door he is the life he is the alpha the omega he is the restorer of all things he takes all things and make them new that is the God that we serve. That's why we will be a speak life culture. Are we living in such a way where we need faith or are our lives risk-free and comfortable? One of our core values is we believe big. Have you started believing big or have you stopped believing big? How big are your prayers? Have you asked God? Not, not like, again, it's not a wish. Like, oh, here's my wish list, Lord. Here's my Amazon wish list. Please come and deliver it all to me. No, it is God. What do you want me to believe for? Who do you want me to believe for? Who should I be interceding for? Who should I be contending in the spirit for? God, what do you want me to believe for? And I promise you every time it's bigger than you because he wants you to need him. He wants you to be dependent on him. He wants us to be dependent on his spirit so that he gets the glory. What are you declaring? Are you declaring his bigness or your smallness? 
Are you declaring his purpose or just desiring your comfort? Are you declaring his promises or just lost in the fog of the storm? Oh gosh, I pray no one ever has to say to me again, Miriam, I miss your faith. And I pray that no one ever has to say to you, where is your faith? Let's hope again. Let's believe again. Let's have courage again. Let's take risks in prayer again. Let's believe big. And the reason why we can is because we know he is with us. Joshua 1, 9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you where? Wherever you go. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord is with you wherever you go. Where is the hope of glory? Within you, within me. Relabel what you see. Can we stand so we can close this out? I want us all to take a moment. I don't want us to just like switch gears and leave this moment because I asked some questions that I had to ask myself. I had to ask myself, what have I been believing for? I'll be really honest and vulnerable with you. I've honestly been asking God, please make it easier. It's too hard. And oh, I got, I got like whipped. Like, mm -mm. It's not about hard. It's about flying with him above the mountains above the storms it's about yes it's hard but when he comes through he gets the glory there is strength inside of you there is courage inside of you the fruits of the spirit all reside within you because christ himself resides within you so when you're running low on patience just go christ in me hope of glory pull out some peace pull out some faith pull out some love pull up some courage Think about that for a moment. Would you bow your heads? What is God asking of you? Again, this is not your Amazon wish list. This is Spirit of God. What are you asking of me? What are you asking me to pray for? Who in my life do I need to be carrying right now? What, am, what should I be believing for? What should I be stretching in faith for? Do I believe big? Has my faith been disappointed and so my faith has been stagnant and stuck? everyone can look at me for a moment and this is a question for you guys to keep taking with you with the questions I just asked but I know that in a group of this size every week we are so grateful that we get to welcome tons of people into a relationship with Christ and to be honest when it comes to faith that's the first step it's knowing that God is Jesus it's knowing that Jesus is Lord it's knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I, it would be the honor of my life if, if maybe you've heard about Jesus, maybe you've heard about you know Easter story and Christmas story, but you've never really been on this journey with him. You've never just allowed him to be Lord and Savior, master of all. You haven't allowed his word to be the guide for your life. And man, would you just give me the honor today to lead you into this relationship with him? 
if that's you, if you're saying, yes, I want to give my life to Christ today. You may not know what it all looks like. Welcome to club. We're all just like taking it one step at a time because we live by faith and not by sight. And I have seen countless times for generations now and for decades of my own life, his goodness and his faithfulness. So all across to now, you can bow your heads one more time. If that's you, if you're saying, hey, Pastor Miriam, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to put my faith in God, in Jesus Christ. If that's you all across this room, would you just slip up your hand so I can see? I'd love to pray for you. Yep, I see your hand, your hand, those hands over there, these hands up here. Yep, I love it. On this side here, yep, I see your hand here too. Anyone else just saying yes to Jesus? Come on, all across this room. Yep, I see your hand right there. All those hands, that's awesome. What we're going to do, yep, I see your hand up here too and I see that hand in the corner there and that hand there too we're gonna put our hands down right now I just want to make sure I oh and I saw you back there I want to make sure I didn't miss anyone because the lights are a bit bright up here but we're gonna count to three when I say three you're gonna lift up your hand one more time just so I could see it because I want to pray with you right from where you are so on the count of three ready one two three if that's you would you lift up your hands okay yep I see all those hands this one up here that one there that one there yep that's great yep that's awesome I see your hand too I see your hand there sweetheart yep I see your hand right there too ma'am thank you so much okay we're gonna pray it's a simple prayer it's this prayer essentially just says Jesus I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and today I invite you in my life would you forgive me it's as simple as that and we're gonna pray it together as a church and come on would you pray it with me Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for all of us for me today I put my faith my confidence my assurance in you today I give you my life and I ask you for forgiveness of my sins thank you for your goodness in Jesus name amen 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 God bless you guys